want to get on the action, we want to hear from you. Hit us up, faderoutemail at gmail.com. Slide in our DMs on IG at faderoutepodcast. Drop us a DM on Twitter at faderoutednz. Comment on our YouTube channel, The Fade Route with DNZ. Questions, comments, picks, segment suggestions, you name it, we want to hear from you. Get at us, in crowd. Well, it's a big show. Welcome to the Fade Route. It's a big show with DNZ. Here are your hosts. DNZ. Welcome to this week's episode of the Fade Route with DNZ. I am D, and we've got a great show for you tonight. Lovey Smith gets fired. Aaron Rodgers loses to the Lions, and our good friend Danny Butler joins us on the in route. But we'll begin today's show with apparently the most overrated shortstop in baseball. Former Astro, former Twin, former Giant, and former Met Carlos Correa is now apparently joining the Twins. Fastest physical today. After this physical scared away the Giants and the Mets, the Twins are willing to live with the results. Shortstop is going to be making $200 million over six years with vested interest for going anywhere between the area of $270 million in 10 years. Z, which team is better now that this whole ordeal seems to be over? Well... Let's start off by saying that. The well, before you even start, easy. before you even start that, ah, has anybody peeped the new logo? The new logo is legit. Loving the new fade route logo. Can't wait to get me some fade route gear. Looks good, Z. Looks good. It looks slick. Go to the fade store with DNZ and peep our new merchandise that is coming very soon. But uh, as far as who won this thing, right? Who won this thing? If you look across all three rosters, even with Carlos Correa, the Mets still have the better roster. The Mets are loaded every position. He was a luxury item. Eduardo Escobar to the bench. (laughs) Moving Jeff McNeil to left field to accommodate. He was an impulse buy. you You know when you're at the grocery store... And you're online and you're waiting to, you know, put your groceries up. And there's that, the candy and the chips. That's what yes. Carlos Correa was. He was the candy and chips. He's not, he's not the steak. He's not the vegetables. He's not the primary thing. You have that already if you're the Mets. You have, you brought back Nimmo. He was a priority. You brought Verlander. You brought, you added to your core of Alonzo, McNeil, Marte, Lindor, catcher. You you got rid of McCann. Mission accomplished. Mission accomplished. You got rid of James McCann, who underachieved here in New York. You brought in Narvaez. 
Narvaez was an all-star in 2019. Let's see what he is. The Giants are the Giants. Like, the, the Giants have wasted away this offseason. Like, they're, they are no better than they were. And I don't think... I don't think they will be anything this year. They are... If they make it to third place, they will be lucky. <laughs> For that first place finish was an outlier. And it's proving that. They're just not talented enough. And then you look at the Twins. The Twins were 10 games under 500 with Carlos Correa. With him. Without him, they would be 20 games under. But ultimately, he doesn't move the needle that much on this roster. Look at look at who they're going to be running out there. Christian Vasquez, okay, he's a legitimate major leaguer. A legitimate, I'll call him that. But Arias, Luis Arias, uh, I don't know, maybe Kyle Farmer. Batting champ, wait, batting champ, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, we'll see. Eh. You got to do it more than once. You got to do it more than once. Bob Hamlin was the rookie of the year. Well, they have a couple of Mets over there, too. They got J.D. Davis, Wilma Flores, a couple of Mets over there. Minnesota, not in, in um, San Francisco. Oh, those guys are in San Francisco. That's right. You're right. No, the immortal Joey Gallo is in Minnesota. That guy. Byron Buxton, is he healthy? When is he healthy? Is he ever going to be healthy? You have Max Kepler, whom the Yankees are apparently going hard for, but it makes no sense because he's not that much better than Aaron Hicks. He's just younger. So. You know, Royce Lewis, they got him. Like, we'll see. We, we will see. But it's not awe-inspiring. It is not awe-inspiring whatsoever. They have a young group of pitchers and Kenta Maeda. They brought in Tyler Maley. We'll see what Tyler Maley will do for them. The immortal Sonny Gray. Like, that's all I got to say about that. Sonny Gray. I rest my case. The Mets are still far and away better than they even were before they jumped into this Carlos Correa thing. And he looks so bad. He looks so bad. He looks so bad for this. It's ridiculous that they were, it's seemingly unwilling to work with the two organizations there's a reason why San Francisco postponed their presser. Like, they had the press conference lined up and ready to go. They're like, eh, eh, eh. I don't know. The Mets swooped in and seemingly got him. He was at, he was as long of a Met player as Carlos Beltran was the Met manager. <laughs> so, you know, they didn't, he never suited up for the Mets. So, it is what it is. You're, you didn't lose anything. Nothing ventured, nothing gained. And you never paid him. So, this is car. This is kind of a karmic effect. We'll see what happens down the road. But, six years, 200 million. Good for the Twins, but ultimately, I see it as a net zero for them. Yeah, um, the 
two things I'll agree with you on is like the Mets didn't need him. It was gonna be really weird to have him play third base because we don't. I mean, yes, he's a he's a he's an elite baseball player. He's a really good shortstop, but to say he could just go to third like A Rod and Cal did, I don't know if he could have done that. Um, you know, I think the Giants are gonna be good, man. I think they're gonna be all right. I think they dodged a bullet. Because remember, they were going to give this man $350 million. Like, this was their consolation prize for not getting judged. They were like, all right, just give the money to Carlos Correa. He's going to be our star. He's going to be our guy. I think they really dodged the bullet here. And you know what? They're they're not great, but they got Logan Webb, Alex Cobb, Alex Wood, Sean Manaya. They're going to be all right and, you know... And, and like I said, they got some former Mets over there. J.D. Davis, Omar Flores. Their guy is going to have to be Brandon Crawford. He's their guy. And Mitch Haniger. Michael Conforto, after taking a year off of baseball, he's over there too. Another Met. Jock Peterson. Mike Yerskemsky. Uh, Mike Yerskemsky. He's, this is what they're playing with. I think it's fine. I think they're going to be good. And I think the Twins come out of this looking brilliant, right? It's like, hey, man, like, you know, we ain't going to give you $350 million. We're not even going to give you $300 million. We got $200 million if you're interested. And you know what? We're going to pay you more per year than the Mets were. We're going to make it so that if you play really well, this thing can go up to $270 million. It behooves you to play your best baseball here because who knows what's going to happen. We could win. Or you could become a trade asset if you ever fix that problem with your leg. <laughs> but their team, but their team is their team is solid. I like I like Arise. I like Byron Buxton. I like Polanco, Kepler, Joey Gallo. Who knows what could happen to Joey Gallo? Christian Vasquez, solid catcher. Nick Gordon, young guy, batted 272 last year. Can you bat 272 again? If you bat 272 again, all right. Who's the world beater in their division? Who are they worried about? The White Sox? Ah, the way the White Sox played last year. Don't forget, the Twins were in first place most of the damn season. They lost They lost the division like in August. But what did they do to take them over the hump? He was there last year. Yeah. He was there. Yeah. Yeah. Does Christian Christian Vasquez takes you over the hump? No, no, no. Christian well, Vasquez keeps the White Sox and the Guardians off your ass? No, 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 no. And the Giants, like, they'll be solid. They'll be formidable. They have major league players. However, they got to play. They're running up against the, – the, the Giants have to go against the Padres. They have to go against the Dodgers. Oh, yeah, it's uphill. It's uphill. Oh, yeah, I'm not – I'm not – I'm just saying they're going to be all right. Like, it's – they're not. I don't think they're going to lose a hundred games. They're going to lose no, hundred games. No. They're not going to lose they did, games. They're treading water. Like their best is third place. Yes. The yes. Stink. The Rangers are. And the Rockies stink. The Rockies, yeah. The Rockies. The Rockies. Not the Rangers. The Rockies. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe San Francisco would fit, would eke out a wild card. Maybe. They could. Everything's got to break right for them. St. Louis is still there. The Cubs are getting better. The Phillies, the Mets, the Braves, these teams are not going away. So the Giants, I don't think they did enough 
I really no. don't think they did. No, but we know they put all their eggs in the Aaron Judge basket, and it just didn't. It didn't. It didn't turn for them. And their consolation was like, okay, we'll go get Correa because we're going to offer him more money than anybody else is. And it's, oh, this guy just failed his physical. Right. <laughs> what do we do now? We can't give him that much money to play here. He might not ever play again. <laughs> and I don't blame the Giants and I don't blame the Mets for being skittish and being hesitant to do yeah. that. Yeah. And I totally like put that on Boris and I put that on... Carlos Correa for inability to work with these organizations and he comes off looking like a mercenary I find it hard to believe that Boris didn't bring this up to Correa and Correa was like I don't care right doesn't that seem like that's what happened here I find it hard to believe Boris would be like you know you're going to give him this money regardless of the condition of his leg like that just doesn't seem like a Boris play to me like he seems like you know, he seems heady. He seems to know, like, dude, you know, this is what's doable. This is what's not doable. And, you know, we'll, we'll go about this any way you want to. I just recommend that, you know, we go this way. And Correa was like, no. I mean, this is clearly why, you know, probably the Astros are not willing to keep him. And this is why he probably hit the market last year. And nobody was interested. Think about it. Nobody was interested in him last year. No. That's why he ended up in Minnesota. And I believe the market was soft for him this year. And it's true. He only got $200 million. So, whatever. It's over. I'm glad it's over. Avoid messy accidents. Get better stopping power with your brake pads. Callahan brake pads. You never know when you'll be driving in the road and there will be a truck tire that you need to avoid and save your family. Callahan Auto, we really care about what's under your hood. You know what else I'm glad is over? I'm glad college football is over this year. <laughs> God, moving over to the national championship game. The Bulldogs rocked the Horn Frogs 65-7. And man, it could have been worse. I turned this game off at halftime. It was 38-7. Now, Z, they they want to expand the playoff. They want to go to 12 teams. Do you see this helping or hurting the college football product? Oh, absolutely hurting. Yeah. Absolutely hurting. It's, you know, they got lucky this year in that you didn't have a lot of bubbling up player, uh, bubble, bubbling up teams, you know? You had TCU, but the teams that were just on the periphery of the playoff were Alabama, USC, you could make a case for Oregon. These were teams, these are teams that are legitimate, they are legitimate powers in college football. Like they've done, they've been there, they've done that. LSU, another team that is always knocking on the door in the periphery. Usually, the usually one team will be the outlier team, whether it's you know UCF or Cincinnati or Coastal Carolina or TCU. The majority of the power, right, 
the power lies in the SEC and the Big Ten school. If you're able, you know, if they expand to 12 teams for this playoff, how many of these teams will be SEC or Big Ten school? At least 10. Maybe even, maybe even all 12 will be represented there. Now, it was an absolute slaughter. It was. And this is with transfer portal guys going to TCU, right? They, they were able to bring guys in and rejigger their team. And, like, they were able to cobble together talented players. But this is the level that Georgia is on. I forget who it was, but somebody said it was a Sunday team beating the shit out of the Saturday. <laughs> That's a good one. I like that. But the, but here's the thing: is like, see, I don't, I don't want like. Let's just look at the top ten this year, okay? The way it finished. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see it. USC play. I don't want to see US, USC in a college in a college playoff. I don't want to see Washington. In a college playoff. I don't want to see Penn State in the college playoff. I don't want to see Tennessee without their quarterback in the college playoff. I don't want to see it. Like, I don't need to see that. You know? And the, and at the end of the day, you're still going to get the number one or the number two team competing for a championship. So why water it down? Like, really? Like, did I need to see Georgia play Tennessee? Good Lord. That would have been just disastrous right college football is broken it's broken the problem is it's like you had that huge layoff then you had a team like michigan play a team like tcu that is the worst possible scenario for a team like michigan to go in if they play tcu the week after they beat ohio state they thump them no doubt in my mind they thump them just like georgia thumped them but no you had you had to go through the holidays. You had to go through Christmas, and now you're now now you're being forced to play a game on I think New Year's Eve, and you lose by a touch. You lose by one score, even worse. And the and Michigan also got hosed on the play, right? This is how I would fix college football. I need the NCAA to take over scheduling, okay? Let the schools plan their first three cupcake games that are out of conference to help them warm up before conference play. That's fine, okay? You're playing your conference teams that keep the traditions. Love it. But you know what? You're leaving one or two weeks on your schedule open in November for the NCAA to schedule a game. And that game is going to be an out-of-conference game against a team that is on your level. So you're going to get an Alabama playing a team like Wisconsin. You're going to get a Georgia playing a team like, I don't know, Clemson. You're going to have to face a team on your level in November after you've played a couple, after you've played a great deal of games. Schools in the top 10 should have to go through this because then the, the committee or whoever, the NCAA can look and say, okay, this is how we're going to match this up. This is how we're, because we don't want a situation where we do. We get all SEC teams. We get all Big Ten teams. This is your way to really analyze and figure out who is really good. Who should be there? Because you know what, Z? Alabama probably would have been able to compete if they were in the four. 
They probably would have. You know? Even Ohio. The fact that they lost by only single digits. Not only that, but look at but look at Ohio State. They competed with Georgia. They competed with them. They were in it. They were in it until the end. So we 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 know that there's a high we know there's high talent there. Now a team like TCU, they would get weeded out in this process. This is where you would find out if TCU is any good. TCU is going to go into Tuscaloosa after Thanksgiving. Okay, you win that game. Guess what, buddy? You're in the you're in the college payoff. You lose by forty. Good, we got that out of the way. Hope you had fun. Everybody made money. Everybody made money, and everybody's happy. That's the only way you've got to you've got to create an even playing field. You know, a lot of these schools they said they have their cupcake games, right? Their three cupcake games. Then they schedule an out of conference bullshit game against like Western Kentucky or somebody that doesn't deserve to be on the field and they thrash them. That's a that's a waste of time. It's a waste of everybody's time. I want to see competition. I don't want to see 12 teams playing in a college playoff. I don't even want to see eight teams playing a college playoff. Leave it at four, but let's be let the NCAA doesn't do anything anymore. Now this is your job NCAA. You're going to be in charge of picking a nice schedule game either one or two weeks in November where we can really find out who in this top 10 is a really top 10 team. It's a fine idea, but I don't know if the NCAA would ever do that just because the power lies with the conferences now. So the scheduling lies with the conferences and we already have that bugaboo, that little scuttlebutt about conferences potentially wanting to secede from the NCAA anyway. So what? What? Well, that's the well, that's the problem. Really it's like Michigan, like Michigan is scheduled to play Notre Dame in 2034. Like what the fuck, man? We don't know what your team's gonna be like in 2034. Well, no. why? Why are we setting that up right now? No, it's ridiculous that you know your AD and your scheduling department has to negotiate these things. If you're going to do something like that, I would argue putting it at a neutral site just for the simple fact that it would make schools more, I would say it would make them more amenable to it because if, if TCU goes into Alabama and beats Alabama, that is going to be major egg on your face. But hey, neutral site. If you look at college basketball... Oh, you mean if they adopt what I'm saying, that that game would be played at a neutral site? Is right. That what you're saying? Okay, yeah, yeah it's fine. Because like at the beginning of the year, when you have that tournament, right? In the beginning of the year, it's on an aircraft carrier. It's, <laughs> in, the, it's in fucking Indian wells. It, it's somewhere a like a football game on an aircraft carrier. That would be impressive. But, but that's what I'm saying. <laughs> lay though. some, like, lay some turf down. <laughs> why not? Why not? But if, you know, the 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 NCAA basketball gets creative with these things. Yeah. And they schedule neutral site tournaments. And right. Lo and behold, you get the big names. But that's that's so, the model that they need to not they need to they need to find a way to draft that model because. You know the whole the whole reason for moving to the college playoff was you really didn't know who the champion was, right? That was the whole argument. It's like we want to really crown a champion. I mean, 
the last I mean, do we really did we really need to see Georgia play TCU? Was there ever a doubt? And we talked about this. We <laughs> talked about the chances of this thing being blowout city just because of the nature. I mean, Georgia Georgia's just on the cusp of something right now where they're they're the Alabama right now. Like and every team takes turns holding this crown. And that's who they are. They were going to stomp whoever got in their way. Michigan would have gave them a better game, but ultimately Georgia was the best team this year. And 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 the, the, here's the thing, Z, is even with the mod with the with the 12 team model, I don't want to see the upset. I don't want to see 12 beat one. I don't want to see eight beat one. Why would I want to see that? Who does that benefit? Who who would get enjoyment out of seeing Tennessee knock off Georgia? So now Georgia's out. And now we've got Tennessee playing in play still in this thing. Like who's happy about that? Nobody. Unfortunately. Right. But you know, from a fan standpoint, you want to see it, but it's not No, fun. no, not from a from maybe from maybe if you went to Tennessee, you're a Tennessee alumni, or if you hate Georgia, maybe. But if you're a college football fan or a football fan, I don't want to see that garbage. I didn't want to see the garbage I watched two nights ago. Like well, this is gonna be the way of the world, so get prepared for it because you have yeah, it's with coming the, with it's coming with the NAL, NIL, yeah. The play the new playoff format and the transfer, and the transfer portal, portal. Yep, it's the perfect storm you do. for this. No, that's how you get a two lane ranked ninth in the country. Wild shit, but you By know, knocking off USC. Yeah. Yeah, that was a garbage. That was a garbage game. USC just fell apart at the end of the year. They fell apart at the end of the year. And you want me to watch this team play in the playoff? God. Step outside of your safe area and make a statement without saying much. With FCK Clout Lifestyle Apparel. Embrace the colorful chaos and stay emotionally regulated in their hoodies, snapbacks, graphic tees, accessories, and more. Season 3 merch is up now. Get it while you can. Go to fckclout.com and get all of your needs from men and women. That's fckclout.com. Well, you know, the national championship game was garbage. Another game that was garbage, or, you know, at least they played like garbage, was the Green Bay Packers moving on to professional football? Aaron Rodgers lost to the Lions on Sunday, eliminating the Packers from a playoff run. Many wonder if Rodgers has played his last game in a Packer uniform. Rex Ryan, your boy, said in on Get Up yesterday morning he would consider he that Rodgers should consider going to the New York Jets. Z, what should Aaron Rodgers do? Aaron, uh, and do no. you care? Do you care what Aaron Rodgers does? At this point, no. Yeah. But I was, I was with my girl watching the game, and we actively were rooting against Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> That's he's fun. a dick. Like what? Do you, what do you want me to say? He's a dick. <laughs> so he's still a dick. He's still a dick. <laughs> doesn't matter if he stays in Green Bay or if he goes and fulfills his lifelong dream of playing for the Niners 
if he goes and plays for the Raiders. I don't believe for one second the people trying to tie him to the Patriots. No way would Bill Belichick stand for <laughs> that. Could you imagine? Absolutely not. They were trying to tie. Aaron, get this. Aaron Rodgers as the QB, Kingsbury as the OC. Yeah, I don't. I don't know why people think Cliff Kingsbury is going to get a job. Like why? Under Bill Belichick. But why would anybody hire Cliff Kingsbury? Has anybody seen the Arizona Cardinals play a game the last two years? He is incapable of coaching a team in the second half of a season. They won one game at home this year. At home. At home. The garbage team. He's a garbage coach. He's he he he. You know who's gonna hire him? I think you know who's gonna hire him. You know who's gonna hire him. Yes, that's right. That's right. That is, and he's a former Jet. He was he was a backup on the Jets. So yeah, that's where he's going. Write it down right now. Not a doubt in my mind. That's where that guy's going. Listen. I mean, if they pack, uh, if they, you know, if they pass on Brian Schottenheimer. A oh, reunion geez. with him, oh, so geez, they can always they can always go back to shoddy. But uh, you know, as far as Aaron Rodgers goes, uh, it's it, it, he can call his shot for a year. He saw what Tom Brady did, right? And he's he understands that the window is closed. It's closed, hey, right? The window closed. is closed. It's done. It's fucking closed. The window is closed. It's a hopper window and it's closed. It's not even Absolutely. like it's not double hung. It's a hopper, okay? Yeah. He's not they're not in a good position right now. Minnesota is vastly better than them because of the fact that they have a round a well-rounded offensive game. They have the running back, they have multiple wide receivers. The Lions came in, they're a dome team. Jared Goff is your starting quarterback. Their best receivers, Amon Ross St. Brown, went to USC. So, they took this dome offense into Lambeau and beat, beat Rodgers. Not only did they beat Rodgers, they turned over Rodgers to end it. Yep. They Eventually, they essentially stuck the dagger in Aaron Rodgers. The Bears are rebuilding. That's the one team in that division that they are better than. And that's because they totally are going to blow But it. are they? Are they, though? Are they better than them? Oh, by leaps and bounds. By leaps and bounds. You know, they are. there's enough talent there, especially if you rely on Aaron Jones and you rely on... If you rely on A.J. Dillon... You got something there. The receivers will come along, but I don't want to see him on the Jets. The Jets have enough drama, and coming from Rex Ryan, like, you know, Mr. Drama himself, Coach Drama, like, that's the worst idea. I think that as far as destinations go, the best one, uh, I don't think, I don't think that San Francisco is going to want to touch him. I, I think that they're fine with who they are and they're invested in the Trey Lance project unless Brock Purdy does the unthinkable and goes from Mr. Irrelevant to Super Bowl champion. 
So, you know, that might take them off the list. I don't see the Raiders. It's possible a reunion with Devontae Adams. Miami would probably be a great fit for him. With those weapons, if they can sure up that offensive line, he can steamroll that coach. Like, he can roll over that coach. I'm sorry. If, if it, Stephen Ross will choose Aaron Rodgers over Mike McDaniel. So, I think with talent-wise and, like, wasn't desperation win time wise my you know their biological clock is ticking like this as uh, Marissa Tomei said in my cousin Vinny I would if I'm Aaron Rodgers I'm trying to maneuver my way to Miami because I think they would be willing to have Tua back him up or kind of you know let Tua you know move on to other avenues and other another team and try and prove that he's got the he has the body and is healthy enough to be an every down starting quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, I don't want I don't want to I want to see him leave Green Bay. And I don't want to see him play for Matt LaFleur and <laughs> I'd love to and Matt LaFleur would get fired after 5 games without Aaron Rodgers. So <laughs> That's that's. I want to see him compete for. I do. I want to see him compete for a cup. I want to see him compete for a chip. You know, like Brady, like Brady did at the end of his career. Um, I think he would flourish with the 49ers. Although, you know, I think he's still kind of pissed at them for drafting Alex Smith instead of drafting him. But then there's like this kind of aura about Aaron Rodgers where he maybe feels like, oh, it comes full circle if I go back there and I win there. I mean, they're ready to win now. Their defense and everything about that. They got Christian McCaffrey. I mean, come on. If, if they had Aaron Rodgers, they'd be great. But I also have a feeling Brady is probably going to go to San Francisco. That'd be my guess. So like you said, the next one would be Miami because... Um, not about so much him steamrolling the coach, but they've got the weapons, right? Tariq Hill, Jalen Waddle. They've got a, a plethora of running backs, and it's warm weather. That you know the division is what it is. Like I could see him going there and being successful. And the last place, so you don't know, like scoff at it, but I think Tennessee, just because they have the run game, it's a bullshit division. He can win there. They just would have to go get him a receiver. And, you know, that that would be what they would need. But, you know, but let's not let's also look at the other side. The team, the, the Packers played the Lions. How about Goff? Looks like the, they looks like the Lions got their quarterback for the future. Huh? I mean, arguably his best year as a pro. The Lions have offensive weapons up the ass. I mean, come on. He's got he's got two. Three wide receivers, really. When you consider Josh Reynolds, he's got two backs. They, they, um, they, ha- they have, they have a decent line. They have a really good defensive end, but you know, in Hutchinson. But if they could just build their defense a little bit, they, the Lions are going to be all right. The Lions are, the Lions are on the come. They've been on the come for a while. They do need. They do need more explosion. Uh, explosion. They do need a better defense, but that comes in time. It shows this team the way it's constructed is shown that it's trending in the right direction. You know, you you talk about culture building and it's become cliche, but 
it really is a shift in culture. You take a one in seven team, and now they're nine and eight, and they knock out their blood rivals. That's a culture shift. You know, these are not doormats. These are not the doormats. These are not the pussycats that they used to be. Like these guys, these guys are buying into what Dan Campbell is saying, and I think that sooner rather than later they're gonna be in that division hunt so this year they got um, they got a taste of it next year with the proper additions wouldn't surprise me at all if they were serious contenders for a wild card spot and then eventually the division but you know the Vikings they're paper tigers man they have a negative point differential <laughs> they could turn around and win the division as soon as next year Credit to the Lions. They took it, and after the game, Aaron Rodgers was introspective. I don't know. Like, when Jamison Williams asked for the jersey, and Aaron Rodgers said, I'm going to hang on to this one, there was a wistfulness to it. There was an uncertainty to it. I'm not so sure that it was just oh, this is my last game in Green Bay. I'm going to savor it. There was a finality to that moment. Would it surprise you if he hung it up? I mean, he is 39 years old. What I mean, if he can't do what he is able to do, if he's capable to do, could you see Aaron Rodgers hanging him up? Never mind going to another team. Nah, I don't think so. Just because... Um, I think he saw what Tom did, and he wants to give that a shot. I do think he's he's interested in seeing what it's like to play somewhere other than Green Bay. Well, Houston has a and they need a quarterback, so they want to go to Houston. Are you in need of air care maintenance or service? I have the company for you, Air Care Technicians. They service the Westchester and Northern Bronx area and can help you with all your heating and cooling maintenance and service needs. Just give them a call at 914-315-1547. Again, that's 914-315-1547. Or shoot them an email at aircaretechnicians at gmail.com. These guys are the real deal as they are veteran-owned, licensed, and insured. Make sure to tell them that DNZ sent you. Yeah, another team that needs a quarterback, the San Francisco 49ers. But they were able to secure the second seed in the NFC with Mr. Irrelevant, Brock Purdy, under center. Does the success of the 49ers prove to you that you don't need to lead quarterback to win in this league? So, you're meaning to tell me that... You don't need an elite quarterback to win in the league. That's the argument. Well, when I have Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, the number one defense in the league, a healthy Christian McCaffrey, a really good offensive line, yeah. (laughs) When my team is as stacked as the San Francisco 49ers, no. You just need to not screw it up. 
That is your job. Your job is to be a caretaker. Jimmy Garoppolo is very good at being a caretaker. He's very good at being a game manager. Mark Sanchez was very good at being a game manager. Trent Dilfer. Trent Dilfer was a game manager. Brad Johnson was a game manager. Those guys have Super Bowl rings. Not Mark Sanchez, but the (laughs) other two do. Not that guy. Sorry, Mark. We love you. No, we don't. I don't. (laughs) (laughs) But Dilfer has a ring. Johnson has a ring. Doug Williams had flashes, but mainly had to hand the ball off to John Riggins. If you have the rest of the team built around you, you don't have to be great. You just have to be good enough. And I think you're kind of selling this kid short. You know, 13 touchdowns, four picks. He's got, you know, 1,300 yards, almost 1,400 yards. He's been solid. If been Jimmy solid. G is healthy, does he start? Not at this not at this stage of the game. I wouldn't. I would have him coming out of the bullpen for his experience. Just for the simple fact that Purdy's in rhythm, Purdy's healthy, and he's established himself on this team currently. The guys Listen. like playing for him. They yeah, like they they play for him and they show out. So kind, I would ride it. I'd ride it until the wheels fall off. It's kind of a tough question. You know, I'll tell you what it proves to me. What the 49ers are able to do, it proves to me that you know, from a personnel standpoint, John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan don't know what the fuck they're doing. I mean, that's what I think. These guys traded up in the draft to take Trey Lance who has not played more than two games at quarterback but they're the number two seed in the NFC with Mr. Irrelevant and for the last two years they went up to the NFC Championship game with Jimmy G I think Shanahan has coached his butt off this season I really do and I think D'Amico Ryans has done a superb job as a defensive coordinator but I mean it's hard to not look at this situation and imagine if the 49ers didn't waste their pick to trade up to get Lance and they got like a Micah Parsons or got a better, you know, got somebody else to fortify that offensive line. Like, yeah, you traded for you traded for Christian McCaffrey. That's great, you know, and, and you're the number two team in, in, the, in the NFC, but... Are we gonna are we gonna just gloss over the fact that you you completely botched over this whole quarterback thing? Like, you know, it just it just proves to me like you're saying that their team is stacked, right? And and because their team is stacked, they're able to win with Mr. Irrelevant. To me, it proves to me that great coaching can withstand anything. Um, you know, however, <clears throat> I don't think what Brock Purdy's doing is sustainable. At some point over the next, I don't know what, month, <coughs> he's going to have to win a game. He's going to have to win a game. Just like, you know, even Brady's first season, he had to win a game. He had to, whether it was not turning the ball over, or getting us in position to kick a field goal, he's going to be called on to win a game. And I don't know if he can do that. 
he's shown that he is capable to do it in the regular season. Now, the playoffs are a different animal. Conditions matter, too. Is this at home? Or am I going on the road to Philly? Going on the road to Philly, that might be a different animal. But, home field advantage matters. That definitely plays in his favor. Now, having that defense and having the weapons around him, having a clutch veteran kicker like Robbie Gold, I think that sets him up for success. Kyle Shanahan's system is a very QB-friendly system, provided that you don't turn the ball over, which Purdy has not done, four four, four interceptions, that's it. Now, you're going to be facing allegedly better competition. Allegedly. I mean, if you're looking at who's going to come out of this weekend, right? You're going to face well, either, don't, uh, you have the Vikings or the Giants. Yeah. Hang on. The Vikings or the Giants, the Cowboys or the Buccaneers. So, the, the, the first time you'll be facing legitimate competition is potentially in the NFC title game, potentially against the Eagles. So, I think this team, I think the Niners are primed and ready to go. And I think they are, they're my NFC team currently. I would, I would pick them if you put a gun to my head. I would put my money on them so right now. Yeah, I over the Eagles, even over the Eagles, I would put my money on the Niners. They're a full, fully rounded team. But to go back to what you were saying before, the Niners traded up to get Trey Lance. Now, the other players that were on the board who were taken close in proximity, Kyle Pitts and Jamar Chase, mm, that's intriguing. Jalen Waddle, also intriguing. Penny Sewell, eh, he's all right. Sertan, J.C. Horn, would have been fine additions to the secondary. You mentioned Micah Parsons. Rashawn Slater, a good left tackle, good offensive lineman. Your boy, ABT, Vera Tucker. I, I know how much you love him. Jeez. So, you know, these are all things, these are all players that could have impacted the team and not brought in Trey Lance. But I, this, is what they're, this is what they're geared up for. This is what they signed up for. And they're gonna they're going to stick by that decision come hell or high water. They're gonna own it. Do you love brownies? Of course you love brownies. But you know what's better than a brownie? A delicious, handcrafted, gourmet brownie delivered right to your doorstep. That's what our guys at Sweet Life Brownie Co. offer. Chef Tommy D and the crew offer a dozen delicious delights that you will crave from the classic OB to Dutch Apple to Campfire S'mores and many more. Check out their website, sweetlifebrownieco.com for their Friday brownie drops. At noon, their site goes live and you see what they're making. Since you're there, become a site member and earn points. You earn 50 points just by signing up. 
Make sure you follow him on Instagram and Facebook too at SweetLifeBrownie underscore co for the latest updates and their latest releases and creations. That's SweetLifeBrownieCo.com. Give him a call, 845-641-3043 and tell him D&Z sent you. That's SweetLifeBrownieCo.com, 845-641-3043. Sweet Life Brownie Co. Because there's always room for a brownie. And speaking of owning it, the Texans are owning headlines right now. Black Monday has come and gone. And the Houston Texans fired head coach Lovey Smith after the game on Sunday. He went for two, converted the two, lost the number pick. So number one pick. So he got the number two pick and he got shown the door. This would be the fourth coach in four years for the Houston Texans. Seems like a lame duck season, letting Lovey go. And this team was destined to fail. It was destined to be a rebuild. And ultimately, they're back to square one in Houston. So what are your thoughts on this firing? And does this undermine the Rooney rule? Yeah, you know, they were talking a lot about that on the radio the last couple of days. I think the firing, it was kind of wrong to hire him, you know, because what were your expectations for this season with this roster? Like, if you weren't going to stick with him for the long term, what was the point of bringing him in? I mean, you didn't expect to win a Super Bowl, did you? I mean, did you expect to make the playoffs? I mean, do you see who's playing quarterback here? Like, there's no no talent on this team. Um, You know, I think it's a stretch to say it undermined the Mooney rule because, you know, they only had a one-year guy last year. Like, they're still trying to figure things out. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. You're not gonna come after them hard for what happened. But you know, this is just uh, this is just a mess of a situation. But the number two pick is not bad. Like you're still gonna get a top five player, and you might still get the quarterback that's gonna lead you to where you want to be. Like you know, if you don't, I don't see the. I don't see the the Bears taking the kid from Alabama, but even if they traded Peels and took the kid from Alabama, there's still other quarterbacks out there. You're, you know, you still could, you still could, you know, things could still turn out pretty good for you. Yeah, I mean, we'll see what they do. They're not close, so they're not going to, you know, they're not in the market for a splashy player. You already have guys like Brandon Cook saying they don't want to be part of a rebuild, rebuild so uh, trade me. At his, yeah. At his age, I get it, right? Yeah, but you don't sign that contract. You don't sign that extension. You you have eyes. You yeah. can see what they're doing. They they traded DeAndre Hopkins, who's on the block again. They they stripped it down, man. <laughs> they stripped it down in front of you, and you're like, ooh, money, nice. No, you you take that you take that extension you're signing off on what's going on you're signing off on what is happening in Houston and if you don't want to be a part of it then you don't sign the fucking contract like just like 
just like us. If we don't want to be part of our of my school, if you don't want to be part of your company, or the fade route, the contract. If you don't want to be part of the fade route anymore, or the in crowd, or the yeah, if you don't want to be part of something, don't sign the deal. Don't do it. Just don't. Nobody, nobody forced you to sign that contract. Damn, it's wild. I'm looking up his dad, David Cully, as their coach last year. Uh-huh. Like, where's like where's that guy now? This guy is unemployed. What the? Oh, come on! It's man. a bad look for Houston. You have two consecutive. Can't even get a job. No, three consecutive head coaches of color. Romeo Cornell was an interim. Still counts. He coached. They're on his coaching record. Cully got a year. Lovey Smith got a year. From that regard, I can understand why they're why the Rooney Rule would be called into question. I can understand what you do with that. But they're interviewing candidates. Now, with the way that Lovey Smith got the job, it did, I mean, he was an internal promotion. So they didn't interview other candidates of color, to the best of my knowledge. Now we can look this up again, but at first blush, it seems to satisfy the Rooney rule from the get-go because they ended up hiring Lovey Smith. So it implies that there was an interview there. But further investigation, further questioning needs to be done as to what the hell the Texans are doing. Period. <laughs> and since Bill O'Brien, you know, Bill O'Brien was in power, stripped it down. Watt is gone. Watson is gone. Hopkins is gone. Very high profile player. Very high profile player. And there's a there was a negative culture, and that negative culture is continuing. But I don't think it's an, an intentional undermining of the Rooney Rule. I think that's an overreach. But it does question the confidence of Casario, and he might be <clears throat> excuse me, he might be shown the door next. I, I think that that is you know. That's definitely within the realm of possibilities. As far as who would be a candidate for this co- for this position, they passed. You know, Cully was a first-year head coach, gone. Lovey Smith was a well-seasoned head coach in the pros and in college. He's gone. What What are you doing? Where do you go? What are your candidates? Like, if I'm D'Amico Ryans, am I picking up the phone if Houston calls? Hey, this is Cal McNair. Cal McNair. Like, if I'm D'Amico Ryans, I'm not answering that call. Because I know I got a year. It's it's dysfunctional. And it needs to change. Now, as far as what they can get with the number two pick, most likely they're going to get Bryce Young. Most likely they're going to get Chicago, I doubt. I doubt Chicago is going to deal Justin Fields to take a quarterback. Granted, they are the drizzling shit. And I'm sure Justin Fields would have plenty of suitors. But the, your main bargaining chip is the number one pick. The number one dealing the number one pick is how you get better. How many, how many first-rounders, how many second-rounders, how many third-rounders can you accumulate from this number one pick? Just really a first and a third? Yeah. I can't imagine anything more than that. 
there's nothing Bryce Young has shown that says he's like Andrew Luck, Peyton Manning, or anything special. You know? And there's there's no defensive stud. You're not taking a wide out at number one. You're not going to take a running back at number one. So this it seems to be Bryce Young or bust for this year. But then again, the Jaguars took what Trayvon Walker last year with number one. Who? It was supposed to be Aiden Hutchinson. Like, it was supposed to be Hutchinson, and then in the last minute, we hear about this kid from Georgia. So, you know, we haven't gone through the combine yet. We don't know yet. But it seems all but likely that Bryce Young is going to end up in, in Houston. But what is waiting for him when he gets there? can't help but smile when you see a balloon. The simplest occasion is a party. Westchester Pop Stars, located in New Rochelle, New York, offers balloon styling and decor for all life's events. Birthdays, anniversaries, weddings, showers, school and corporate events, store openings, or just because. Westchester Pop Stars takes balloons and shapes them into works of art, creating decorative installations for your special occasions. No event is too big or too small, and they're custom personalization service is top-notch. Westchester Pop Stars is a private studio, quickly expanding. In-person consultation is by appointment only. Send an email to westchesterpopstars at gmail.com for more information or to schedule an appointment. No need to hire an event stylist. All you need is balloons. Currently servicing Westchester, Putnam, New York City, and Connecticut. To find Westchester Pop Stars, search for them on Instagram, Facebook, or Google. It's the in-route where friends of the show get a special segment with us. Want to be part of the action? Want to be the newest member of the in-crowd? You know what to do. Hit us up, faderoutemail at gmail.com or slide in those DMs on Podcast on IG or hit that Twitter, FaderoutDNZ. Joining us on the in route today, we have fellow Spellman alumni and New York Giants insider, Mr. Danny Butler. Danny, thanks for coming back on the show. Thanks, boys. Thanks for having me again. I appreciate it as always. And that's Spellman Falcons, Falcons, by the way. We're not pilots. We were Falcons. That's right. That's right. right. We fly through the sky a different way. Absolutely. Uh, Danny, if if we told you at the start of the season the Giants would be playing a winnable playoff game in January, we all would have laughed about it. But here we are. The, yep. the weekend, this weekend, they play the Minnesota Vikings in Minnesota. They almost beat the Vikings earlier in the season. What do the Giants need to do against the Vikings to advance to the next round? Well, first of all, I wouldn't have committed. If you would have <laughs> told me. I think what I did the first one I did with you guys was probably a year ago. And I remember using the word numb to describe the end of that Giants season. And I'm numb again now, but for a good reason, obviously. But yeah, like you said, we we very easily could have beat the Vikings Christmas Eve. Probably should have won the game. Uh, the Vikings are a very weird team. That they're, they're talented, but they're top heavy, and they're a little fraudulent, if you ask me. Like, I think they're the only team to win 
double digit, ten or more games to have a negative point differential. Yeah, so, yeah. So we definitely have a shot because Kirk Cousins in a big spot. I'll take that every day of the week because you know he's going to call. I think he's he's good for at least two interceptions. I think the fact that the defense is healthy is is huge. If you get Adoree Jackson back, he can help with Justin Jefferson. McKinney came back and played against the Colts, and that front four, which we they rarely played together all year. But you can get Thibodeau, Ojolari on the outside, Leonard Williams, Dexter Lawrence in the middle. I I know Wink loves to blitz, but if you can get pressure with just those four and you're able to double-team Justin Jefferson and get Kirk Cousins' face early and often, I think we have a very... On the on the offensive side of the ball, I think it was a smart move that they able to rest everybody. It's one of those things you don't like to do because you, you're kind of throwing away the game, but they played very hard and tough and well against the Eagles. So they're well rested. You got Saquon with, with fresh legs. I, I would see. I would expect to see a lot of Saquon. Uh, some maybe some new wrinkles from Dayball and Casca that you haven't seen maybe yet this year. I think they'll cook something up. So I'm, I'm excited to see it. And like you said, it's a very winnable game. Yeah, you can't underestimate what Landon Collins has done for that Absolutely. defense. And listen, Danny Dimes coming off his his best passing year as far as yards are concerned since he's been in the league. So hopefully those things can keep rolling. But assuming the Giants take your advice and advance this weekend, is there a team that would prevent the Giants from making the Super Bowl? I mean, the 49ers have Brock Purdy. The Giants would be playing Eagles for a third time if they win and Seattle loses. Tampa has not looked good all year. Dak looked awful in the last game of the season. And Seattle, to me, is beatable. So how possible is it for the Giants to make the Super Bowl? I mean, anything's possible. We've played close and tough games all year. I, I've heard some people talk about, like, oh, this could be an 07 type of run. We're not we're not as good as that 07 team. That 07 team, that was a team that was starting to be a great team. And they hit their stride. Because if you remember, the next year, we started off 10-1 and one in 08 before Plaxico shot himself. We have the best offensive line in football, best defensive line in football. So it's a different kind of team. Saying that, though, if we beat the Vikings, anything's possible. Because, like you said, the 49ers are probably the toughest matchup, but it's Brock Purdy. So you you, you can't tell me that going into a playoff game, you're going to be scared of a quarterback, a team quarterback like Brock Purdy. Uh, The Eagles are a very talented team, but I think Kurtz being injured, he didn't look great last summer. I think they're beatable. I said the cap they've kind of underachieved all year. The Seahawks are scary. So if, if you win Sunday, we're kind of playing with house money anyway, being at this point. But if we win Sunday, you know, anything is possible. You just got to win. You just got to win this weekend. You just got to get by this weekend, and it opens the door for anything. But after, after the success of this season, the Giants would be pressed to bring back Barkley and Jones. Reports yes. say Barkley's looking for a five or six year deal. And Daniel Jones is actually looking for something in the area of $40 million. So he's looking for around 10 to $15 million per year. Is there a scenario where both guys or only one guy comes back next season? I don't see that. I, I, both guys will come back. If I had to guess, I would say Jones will get a deal worth, you know, like you said, that 12 to $15 million. Yeah. Uh, ballpark. I'll tell you, if, if Jones plays well in the playoffs, he's going to make himself a lot more money. Uh, 
Barkley, it's it's tough to sign a guy a running back with in, you know injury history to a longer deal. If I had to guess, I think they would sign Jones to that four or five year deal, and maybe franchise Saquon for one year and try to work out something down the road. That's gonna be I, a high price tag. I mean, you know, if you franchise, you know, the quarterback franchise tag is in the area of thirty-two to thirty million dollars, which means right. you're gonna have to give Jones more money for him to stay. Barkley, I mean, that number is just it, that's well, that's right. it, it, it's a lot to franchise the running back than it is the quarterback. So that's why, if I had to guess, because I, I, I have confidence in Jones Shane and the and the guys he has around them, they. They did a good job getting under the cap when they had no wiggle room this year. I'm yeah. assuming he'll come up with something, but I, I don't see a scenario where they're not back. But I, I think both of them will be back. Gotcha. Well, since we're talking quarterbacks, we're talking in the market, we're going to flip over to the AFC. So, you know, do a little playoff preview here. There are a few names that are going to be dominating that conference in the next 10 years. You got Joe Cool, Joe Burrow. You got Josh yep. Allen. Herbert is on the periphery, but he's got the talent. Yep. Which of these guys, if we can't keep Jones, who would you want that bunch? Or is there somebody else that we did not mention? Well, I mean, all, I mean, all those guys are probably – I love Danny Dimes. All those guys are, are the better players. I think it's pie-in-the-sky thinking. I don't think you could get any of them. But, if you, I mean, Mahomes is on a different level. Look at He's done without Tyree Kill. I mean, the guys. I know Andy Reid's an offensive guru and this and that, but he's on different levels. Um, I kind of, I heard Boomer Sison compare these guys the other day, and I agree with him. He kind of said, "Bro, reminds me of Joe Montana, like you said, Joe, very calm, very poised." Um, Josh Allen would be the Josh Elway. Sorry, the Josh Allen would be the John Elway. He can, he can run. He's got a rocket for an arm. Herbert would be like the Marino, where he just. You know, he's got a quick release. He, you know, he's a very good quarterback. But, I mean, like I said, Mahomes is on a different level. So, I'm, I'm taking Mahomes. And just, just to give you some numbers, Mahomes, without Tariq Hill this year, 41 touchdown passes, 5,000 yards, and he's the oldest quarterback in the AFC in the playoffs. How about that? That's scary. That's scary. That's Thanks. crazy, man. Yeah. He's that's, 27 that's years old. That's, that's unbelievable. They're stacked for a while. They're they definitely really are. stacked for a while. But they really are. one guy we didn't mention, Zach Wilson. We didn't, <laughs> he's not on that list. The Milf Hunter. <laughs> he, he, he's definitely on the golf course. He's cruising right now. So his struggles was putrid this year. So Steve Young has mentioned on the Michael K show that if Zach Wilson was drafted by San Francisco, he might be in a better situation. So right. ultimately, do you think Zach Wilson's issues are systemic or just is he not talented enough to be an NFL caliber quarterback? Talent's the issue because he's got the arm talent. He can make, he can make, he, he, he'll still make, he'll tell, play a terrible game and make a few throws where you're like, oh wow, this guy's, this guy's something. By the way, if we're going comparisons, I would compare Zach Wilson to Jeff George. He'd be my comparison. The guy that, that, that's got the arm. He has a you know, million-dollar arm, 10-cent head, and a little bit of a prima donna. Uh, the, the system's also part of it. Because I say that LaFleur is going to get fired. Sal is a defensive coach. So maybe they don't have the right system for him. But he's got weapons. 
like you look at what Daniel Jones has done with freaking Richie James and oh Kenny held up worth every penny with that touchdown catch on Sunday. But if, if you uh, put if you put those weapons on the Giants, they put, the Giants might win the division. You know what I mean? So the, the problem with Wilson is he doesn't have a great pocket presence. I think he's immature. And even though he's got a great arm, he he doesn't have a lot of touch. It's like he zips passes he needs touch on, and he lobs passes he puts zip on. So a different scenario might help him. I think his time with the Jets is done. I think that the, you know the horse is out. Yeah, I mean we'll definitely see where things go. Lafleur did get fired about a couple hours ago, as per uh, Ian Rappaport. So we're going to see what direction they go in. We've had Mike Westoff on, and uh, he said that. Uh, they should be catering to him in terms of the RPOs, the design rollouts. They don't play to his strengths. So no, they really don't. You're you're right about that. So we'll see what what uh, what comes of that, and who they bring in to, you know, push him. Because that's gonna. I think the offensive, the whoever is gonna be the offensive coordinator is gonna dictate that move. Yeah. And like you have Jimmy G available, you have Derek Carr. You're gonna have high priced marquee name quarterbacks out there and like who would who would best push Zach Wilson of, of the bunch yeah it's a, it's a good point and like Mike White looks like he's a capable quarterback but it, it, it's hard to pay he's a free agent it's hard to pay him after only a few games and he's he's, he's injury prone uh, like you said like Jimmy G would make sense David Carr maybe even like an Aaron Rodgers 2.0 Jameis Winston yeah, take me James Winston for a year, I guess would would be okay. I mean like I, I just I just can't see them say I did read a report though that Frank Wright, if he doesn't get a head coaching job, would the Jets be interested in him? He'd be great offensive coordinator. Maybe a guy like that could turn Zach Wilson around. As long as they don't bring Carson Wentz with him. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, really. <laughs> Well, we'll get here out of here on this, Danny. We're we're about like 80 days until opening day, believe it or not. And your Yankees added a solid number two in Carlos Rodon, but they still have not addressed the issues of Aaron Hicks, IKF, Josh Donaldson. Like those guys are still on this team. So, is this team any closer to beating the Astros next year, or are they still have work to do? They still have work to do. I, I love the Rondon signing. In my opinion, I, we have the best starting rotation in baseball. Between Cole, Rondon, a healthy Severino, Nestor, I thought he might have been a fluke year one. He's shown he's not. He's a legit pitcher. And maybe you get Frankie Matas. You know, I think he, you know, if he's your number five, you're in good shape. Uh, like you said, still having Hicks and Donaldson on frustrating i'm hoping brian cashman can make some sort of trade to to move them i would love to if you don't trade you know then get rid of donaldson and put dj a third if you can do it um i i it, it's all about the kids you know i think peraza deserves the shot opening day shortstop you have volpe you're hoping but i like cabrera he, he shows a lot i think he can play he can play everywhere so here's a kid, he deserves to play, you know, six games a week, whether it's at second, third, short, left field. Uh, so, so I think Cashman's going to see how the kids do and how they develop. 
and you know he's not afraid to pull the trigger at the trading deadline. So I, I think this team set going into spring training. I mean, we'll definitely see. I mean, spring training will be here before you know it, which is which is mind-boggling. Yeah. But uh, Dan Butler, DB, thank you for coming on, brother. And uh, what's going on, Tuppy? You want to fill us in? What's going on? Yeah, everything's great at Tuppy. Uh, still going strong. Should be hopefully a, a rowdy crowd for the Giant game Sunday. I won't be there because, you know, I'll be going too crazy. So it's, it's not good to be where you work and acting crazy. But uh, we got uh, trivia, go- trivia going Tuesday nights, karaoke on Thursdays, brunch Saturday and Sunday. It's a great spot. Proud great food. It's on 46 Broadway, Broadway and 20 West 207th Street. So stop by if you're ever in the neighborhood. Totally. And we will be there, brother. Thank you for coming on. And if you want to join the in round, if you want to get on the show with us, Hit us up at FadeRouteMail at gmail.com or slide in our DMs on IG at FadeRoutePodcast or drop us a line on Twitter at FadeRouteDNZ. Danny Butler, thank you so much for coming on, brother. Thank you for being a part of the in-crowd and joining us on the in-route. Thank you so much, boys. Talk to you soon. Let's go Giants. The Fade Store presents the Alleged Superstar of the Week Award. All right, boys and girls, you know what time it is. It's time for the Alleged Superstar of the Week. You know how it goes. We put a poll on our Twitter page at FadeRouteDNZ and you vote and you vote and you vote and you vote. And the winner of said vote gets a shout out on this here show and takes home the coveted ass trophy and you know who took home the coveted ass trophy last week d don't one mr <clears throat> one mr dana white oh, dana white dana dana white what more can you say domestic violence battery of your spouse yeah that's a big one that's a big one no funny pun no joke just not cool at all. But that was last week. This is this week. Who are your nominees for Alleged Superstar of the Week? Indeed. All right. First up, I've got head coach of the Los Angeles Rams, Sean McVay. You're unsure of your future because you don't want to coach through a rebuild? Well, this is so unfair. What happened to fuck them picks? What did you think was going to happen? Did you think Stafford, Donald, and Cup were just going to dominate forever? Dude, you signed your contract. Play through it. You are my alleged superstar of the week. And number two, Matt LaFleur's brother, Mike LaFleur. The Jets (laughs) offense finished the season in the bottom of the league in just about every category on offense. The Jets did not score a touchdown for their last three games, dating back to December 5th. Mike LaFleur, enjoy the unemployment line. You are my alleged superstar of the week. And the next one is Aaron Rodgers. Losing your last game of the season to the Lions after virtually winning the whole game and you needed to win this game to go to the playoffs. 
Aaron Rodgers, you are my legend superstar. Week Z, what do you got? Great choices. All great choices. I'm going to start with TCU. Laying an egg on the biggest stage of the year. 65-7. to Axel Max Duggan. Two picks, 14-22, 152 yards. Could not get it done. It was a Sunday team beating down a Saturday team. And it was all she wrote. By the end of the first quarter, really. Yeah, 17-7, it wasn't even that close. TCU, you are my alleged superstar of the week. Houston Texans firing Lovey Smith a year after firing David Culley, both after one season. Your dysfunctional mess is getting so bad now. How are you going to get somebody to come coach your team? Nobody's going to come if they think they have maybe 14 games. And, you know, credit to Lovey Smith for saying, I know I'm going to get fired for this. Fuck you, I'm going for two. (laughs) Fuck you, I'm trying to win this game. And even with winning that game, his record with the Texans was one game worse than with David Cullen. So, that should be a shirt. Fuck you, go for two. I like it. Expect that. Expect that on the Fate Store DNZ. Houston Texans, you're completely dysfunctional. You are my alleged superstar of the week. And then last but not least, sticking with the Houston Texans, Brandon Cooks. Piggybacking off your idea with Sean McVay. Times are tough. I just got all this money, signed this contract, and they're blowing up the team around me. This is not your first year in Houston, Brandon. You saw Deshaun Watson go. You saw J.J. Watt go. You saw DeAndre Hopkins go. You saw what they were doing. So if you didn't like it, you didn't need to sign the contract. There was that old commercial. You like money? Sure, we all do. We all do. But some of us need to recognize what's going on in front of our faces. You can't have it both ways either. In the past, Brandon Cook said he was sick and tired of being traded because he went from the Patriots to the Rams, from the Rams to the Texans. I'm sorry, player. I'm sorry, teams want you. I'm sorry, teams want you. That's how I see it. But hey, whatever. It's your prerogative. It's your prerogative to be a bad teammate. Brandon Cooks, you are my alleged superstar of the week. We've said our piece. The poll goes up as soon as the show ends. Go to our Twitter page at FadeRouteDNZ and vote, and vote, and vote, and vote. And for our nominees. Just do better, boys. Just do better. Thank you.
Let's run the option and give you our picks for the week. It is the option for Super Wild Card Weekend. We have a regular season champ, ladies and gentlemen. And you're looking at by one point, by one point over the lovely Rita Sanchez. Foxy, congratulations, you took home third place. D, came in for Zach, came in fifth. Spirited effort. It was very, very close. But the fun's continuing in the playoffs. Saturday afternoon, 4.30, the 9-8 and eight Seahawks go into Santa Clara to take on the 13-4 and four San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, it's hard to go against the 49ers in the first game. So I'll take the 49ers. Niners are stacked. Seahawks. Happy to be there. Probably shouldn't be there. But that's okay. Niners will handily take this one. Your Saturday night's main event. The 10 and 7 Chargers go into Jacksonville to take on the 9 and 8 Jacksonville Jaguars. Jaguars, Chargers coach gets fired on Monday. We're in agreement. Staley's going to Staley. Staley is going to Staley. Jaguars win by a field goal. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. 1 p.m. The 9-8 Dolphins with Skylar Thompson under center go into Orchard Park to take on the 13-3 Buffalo Bills. I am going to pick the Dolphins with the upset. Hard to, beat, hard to beat a team three times, man. Hard to beat a team three times. Even with a third-string quarterback? I don't care who's there. It's just hard to beat a team three times. Well, watch this. The Bear, the Bills, are going to bury <laughs> early. We will see Case Keenum in this game. It'll be such a bloodletting. Such a bloodletting that they will have no choice but to call off the doll. 4.30. 4.30. The 9-7-1 and one New York football giant. Go into Minnesota to take on the 13-4 and four Minnesota Vikings. Giants. We're in agreement. They played them close last time. This is a good matchup, a favorable matchup. This time, Gano kicks the game-winning field goal. Your main event on Sunday night. Your Sunday night special. The 10-7 Ravens all beat up. Cincinnati. They're not the 12 and 4. 12 and 4 Cincinnati Bengals. They're not the Ravens. They're just the Blackbirds. They're the Crows. (laughs) It's a murder of Crows. Oh, yeah. uh, We'll go with the Bengals in this one. A group of Crows is called a murder. (laughs) And speaking of murder, Ah! the Bengals are going to destroy. You know, this will be kind of the incentive for them to back up the truck 
and cut a blank check to one Mr. Lamar Jackson. Save us, Lamar. I don't think it's going to happen, man. I don't know. This team is nothing he, without he seems him. like he's going to be a Jet. <laughs> God help us all. But God help us all. And your Monday night delight. Because, of course, this game was going to be Monday night in prime time. The 12-5 and five Cowboys at the 8-9 and nine Buccaneers. Man, it's potentially Brady's last game. I'm surprised there hasn't been more hype about it, more talk about it, right? Isn't that weird? Because it's not going to be his last game. Because <laughs> he's going to win, baby. <laughs> TB12. <laughs> TB12. I don't bet against that, man. Do not bet against that, man. TB12. I'm with you. I'm betting. I'm betting with my head here. The Cowboys are going to find a way to choke this one away. They they're going to find a, this a, a way. They have it. Bulls is two and zero against the Cowboys. Brady is seven and zero against the Cowboys. Like this is he's undefeated. Yeah. He's undefeated. In Twenty years yeah. against the Cowboys. What? How does he do this shit? He's undefeated. It's just so silly just to even say it. Well, I mean, what, what can you say? Like undefeated. I've never lost them no, my whole no. entire life. Why am I going to start betting against this man now? Why? It, it makes no sense. Bucks win. This has been the Fade Route with DNZ. Thanks for tuning in tonight. Catch our podcast on Wednesday nights on Anchor, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, or wherever you listen to your podcast. So until next time, stay faded, everyone. Time for us to run the go route, but we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you like what you heard and want to hear more, be sure to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Rate us five stars. Leave us a review. Turn on subscription notifications and tell your friends. Spread the word. Spread it wide.